Welcome to Shellbender Podcasts, the Toronto Public Library podcast for readers, writers, and everyone practicing safe physical distancing. That's right, today we're bringing you another special mini episode to give some recommendations for library resources you can access from home while the library branches are closed due to the COVID-19 virus pandemic. My name is Jason, and today I'll be joined by my colleague Christina to talk about a couple of books available online from the library. We realize this is a difficult time and hope that our recommendations can help those seeking a distraction. Our thoughts are with everyone in the city, especially those keeping essential services running. Hi, Christina. How are you today? Hi, Jason. I'm okay, I think. Yeah. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, it is, it's a busy kind of time at the same time. And you just, you you have your good days and you have your bad ones, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going in waves where, you know, a few weeks I'll be not so good. And then I'll have like a nice moment and then it'll go back to not, you know, coping very well. I feel that very well very strongly as well. It's just like some days I get so much done and I'm very productive and other days I don't. And, you know, I think we have to remember to not beat ourselves up about that because everyone's going through a lot right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's not because we have all this time. We we can't think, oh, we have to be very productive. It's okay to, to just not do anything. Right. We're all doing what we need to be doing primarily, which is staying home. Or if we're essential services, we're doing the work that needs to be done. So we're mm-hmm. all doing our part, even if it feels like we're not sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're going to talk about short story collections or short work collections, right? Mm-hmm. Which I haven't always read initially, but yeah. Um, what's your opinion on them? I tend to like them, but you know what? I I, I prefer a, a dedicated narr- narrative often, you know? So I do like short story collections, and when I don't have a lot of time to read, I tend to lean into those as well, because you can read one short story and be done with it, and then pick it up again later, and you don't, mm-hmm. you're not missing the narrative. Like there's nothing worse than when you pick up a book you've been reading, and you just start over. Yeah, you just have to start over. You're like, what was happening? What am I reading? That's and happened a to me a books. few times. Yeah. So that can be frustrating. So I do like a short story collection for that, and I always have a couple at the ready just in case. Um, what, because they are quite there, quite good for that. What would be your first recommendation? So I'm going to start with, I have two today, uh, one that's a little bit more contemporary and one that's a classic. So I'm going to start with the contemporary one, which is a collection called One More Thing by B.J. Novak. Uh, it's a collection of very short stories in some cases, and they're uh, a little bit rivaled, I'll say. So some of them are a little bit... Um, more adult. So they're not for reading with kids. If you do have kids around, uh, there are some sexual, some sexual content in some of them, but it's mostly meant for, for humor purposes. It's not like explicit, although there are some graphic ones in there. So there are a lot of little funny short vignettes. Cause if you don't know BJ Novak, he was one of the writers on the office, um, which is a really wry kind of funny TV show. And the writing is all about very strong, snappy dialogue and wordplay and stuff. So I really love that kind of stuff. And that's this is why I was really excited to read this. I read this a few years ago, as a matter of fact, but 
I really enjoyed it. And going back to it, I was really like, oh, yeah, I can see why I, I, I thought so highly of this. And there's a lot of just like some of them are three or four lines only. So it's a very quick and easy to read if you're looking for something to read in little bursts or under a minute in some cases. Yeah, it's kind of in a tone of somebody who is a little blasé. So if you remember the show The Office, he played the character of Ryan. If you don't know, it's fine, it does, but it doesn't matter. But it is in that kind of tone of that character, which is, I don't really care. I'm better than everybody. And this kind of pompous person who gets taken down a notch a lot. So I'll say that's kind of skewing towards his comedic style and how he writes. Um, and that's kind of where, where this is, collection is coming from. It's so interesting because sometimes I guess sarcasm is hard to write, like to read. Yeah. So I feel like it's something you have to either listen to or something like that. And if you know him, if you're a, a children's, uh, if you like children's books, he has a very famous book called The Book With No Pictures, which is probably my favorite kids book now. And whenever I get to do story time, I almost always read that one. And it's literally a book with no pictures, which just makes the reader have to say all kinds of crazy things. And kids just go crazy for it. They love it. It's, it's a very well-written book. And it's very one. famous. Yeah, check it out. The book with no pictures. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a reading of that one of these days. <laughs> um, but I want to read a short piece from that book. Like I said, the short stories are very short sometimes. So I'm going to read uh, an eight-line story, basically, in its entirety. Okay. Uh, this is called, There is a Fine Line Between Why and Why Not. There is a fine line between why and why not, said our graduation speaker. And the secret of life was to live right on that line. Or on the why not side. Or on the why side, but you're always looking over at why not and wondering. It was something like that. None of us remembered. All of these made a lot of sense, and whatever it was, it was a great speech. And if we ever need to know it exactly, we can just look it up. So... Very, very simple, silly thing. Uh-uh. It gets to the point very quickly and is, is is just over, but it's just a quick little funny vignette. So that's kind of the mode I'm in of quick, short, little funny shots of things. Yeah, I feel like short stories have to capture that in such a, you know, a small, like, space where you have to get that beginning, middle, and end. Like every, well, not always, but in such a, you have to cram everything in. Yeah, are you familiar with the um, the one hundred word stories? Have you heard of that before? No, I've I've only heard of the six word stories. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's another thing. So if you're not aware, there's six word stories. It's like trying to write a story in six words, and trying to get as much detail and make it a full story, a beginning, middle, and end as you can. There's also a hundred word version of that, which is just like the way I've encountered it is it's usually on a theme romance, murder, whatever. And you have to try and write a story that's exactly 100 words and has all the details you need in there. So it'd be kind of like, I guess, what we call flash fiction or? Yeah, it's very much flash fiction. Yeah, okay. exactly. Cool. I, I kind of want to read more of BJ Novak, is that? Yeah, BJ Novak. Oh, interesting. Yeah, please check it out. <laughs> um. So my first recommendation is actually the Journey Prize anthology um and it's the best of canna's new writers and i like reading these stories because i want to see who the kind of up-and-coming writers in canada are and it's an annual um Mm. prize that's awarded to an emerging canadian author for either a short story or an excerpt from a work in progress um yeah so it's a nice collection and i'm not going to say any particular one but i feel like all of them are 
pretty great. And the library only has like from 2009 okay. and onwards on the ebook e collection side. Uh -huh. But I'm sure you could get the hard copy once we're open again. <laughs> it's very exciting to read new fiction from like up and comers, isn't it? Sometimes it's like, I find that really, really exciting because mm. you're getting these very fresh voices of people who've been like crafting and just exactly. aren't known yet. It's, it's great. It's so nice. And it's um, for me, it's a nice uh, look at, I guess, the new landscape of Canadian literature. It's so different from what I grew up with. Um, and it's for me, it's it's nice to see the diversity in voices, whereas it's not, um, you know, one singular narrative, whereas now it's so much more refreshing and I feel like it's more reflective of the world we live in. Um, yeah. So I For like sure. reading them. Again, yeah, I completely agree. Getting different kinds of voices out there because mm -hmm. you get totally different stories. For sure. Um, but yeah, I really highly recommend those anthologies. That's amazing. Yeah. Is there a favorite one you have or is, it, is there a particular one that you're really, really drawn to? I think I just have to bring it up. Sorry. Yeah. I really like where is it? The one, I think it's Journey Prize number 30, which was the 2018 one. I think mm -hmm. that would probably be my, so far, my favorite. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure they're all good. So I just recommend all of them. Of course. I mean, we're <laughs> going to have ones that we like better than others. Exactly. Not, that's not a reflection of their quality. Just people have different tastes. <laughs> exactly. Something yeah. hits you in a certain moment. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I was feeling or thinking or. That just resonates with me in such a perfect way in that moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll say, yeah. Number 30. <laughs> Number 30. Fair enough. So my second is uh, a Mark Twain book. So I love me some Mark Twain. Mark Twain is one of my favorite writers. Can you believe I've never read any Mark Twain? Oh, well, <laughs> this is your time. Um, so... He is one of the classics, so there's a lot of his work available under the classic section um, on the Overdrive Libby app that you can check out. Uh, the one I'm going to recommend today is called The Man That Corrupted Hadleyburg and Other Stories. This is a collection of his short stories. Now, he's actually the first author I ever finished a grown-up book by. Um, which... What do you mean by that? So I had read youth fiction or uh, young adult fiction chapter books before uh -huh. but his was the first uh, like adult novel that i had finished does that make sense oh when you were a kid when i was a kid oh, I was a teenager right, right. it was like 12 and that's the first uh the uh, connecticut yankee and king arthur's court that's the first book that i ever finished that was not just aimed at children or young young adult now there's anything wrong with those books but that's just the first one yeah. and it hooked in my grandmother gave me a big copy of the unabridged mark twain and i read that book that oh, wow. story and then I started reading the whole thing so it's the first series of things that really like reignited my love in it reading like I had loved it and then I kind of fell away from it and I came back to it and that's what kind of brought me back to it mm. and I never really stopped after that so <laughs> <laughs> if you are familiar with his work he's very kind of wry and humorous for the most part he likes to again he's very big on wordplay I picked this one because it has got a lot of humorous stories a lot of them are semi-autobiographical like they're sort of about his life or they are about his life but he embellishes them a bit he likes to tell like tall tales as well so his stories tend to be about his own past he lived in mississippi and growing up at that time so they're 
on the other side of Canadiana, they're Americana to a certain extent. But I would say they're not just about the idyllic nature of that, which is what a lot of those kinds of genres tend to be, but they are kind of poking fun at them a little bit or also how people romanticize these things, you know? He's very much into, well, no, this is what it was. Yes, these parts were good, but let's not forget about the bad parts too, right? And he very famously, you know, was in favor of equal treatment for people. Um, now, he was a man of his time, so I'm not going to say that his <laughs> the way he did that was as relevant today as we'd like it to be, but he definitely was not looking at Black people or other races the way a lot of his contemporaries were. And he would often write about how angry he was the way that they were being treated and how they were being uh, abused or discriminated against. So there's quite a bit of his work out there, letters and stuff hmm. um, on his, which, which, which is another reason why I like him quite a bit. Okay. The story I'm going to read a little excerpt from is called My First Lie and How I Got Out of It. I feel like that gives you a kind of a, just a little brief taste of how he writes and doesn't okay. really spoil anything. So this is, again, I think based on his life a little bit because he talks about his birth and stuff and being from his earlier time. But like I said, he tends to embellish. So I think this might be a little bit with some embroidering in it, let's say. I do not remember my first lie. It is too far back. But I remember my second one very well. I was nine days old at the time and had noticed that if a pin was sticking in me and I advertised it in the usual fashion, I was lovingly petted and coddled and pitied in a most agreeable way and got a ration between meals besides. It was human nature to want to get these riches, and I fell. I lied about the pin, advertising one when there wasn't any. You would have done it. George Washington did it. Anybody would have done it. During the first half of my life, I never knew a child that was able to rise above that temptation and keep from telling that lie. Up to 1867, all the civilized children that were ever born into the world were liars, including George. Then the safety pin came in and blocked the game. But is that reform worth anything? No, for it is reform by force and has no virtue in it. It merely stops that form of lying. It doesn't impair the disposition to lie by a shade. It is the cradle application of conversion by fire and sword or of the temperance principle through prohibition. Hmm. So he's a very much a language person, which I like. And like I said, remember, keep in mind, it is not a contemporary book. He does express some ideas that are different from our time. He's trying to be more progressive. But there's a story in here called The Jewish Question, I think. And it's not at all racist, but it's not of our own um, living up to our own contemporary standards. Let's just say that. Um, so mine is a more recent book, um, and it's not your typical short story collection, I would say. Um, it is stories, but they're all interconnected. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and it's called That Time I Loved You by Carrie Ann Lung, and it's um, another Canadian author from Toronto. And I do love stories that are you know, set in Toronto or just in Canada. And I like to support Canadian authors and especially Toronto authors. Mm -hmm. um, and it's basically about uh, the suburban immigrant experience in the 1970s and 80s, pretty much in Scarborough, mm -hmm. the place is set. So it's really nice to read um, stories and books that are set in areas of the different, different neighborhoods in the city. Um, so I'm going to read an excerpt mm -hmm. and it's the beginning 
and I will say that it talks about suicide. <laughs> okay. Okay. 1979. This was the year the parents in my neighborhood began killing themselves. I was 11 years old and in grade 6. Elsewhere in the world, big things were happening. McDonald's introduced the Happy Meal, Ayatollah Khomeini returned to Iran, and Michael Jackson released his album Off the Wall. But none of that was as significant to me as the suicide. Isn't that like mm -hmm. kind of an interesting, like it hooks you in in the first, well, it hooked me in in the first paragraph. Absolutely. I was going to say like, I'm like, uh-huh, go on. More. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it, it was, it was such a weird, like it set so much of the world already. And I feel like that's what either, you know, a short story in a book or anything you read has to hook you in. Um, in the first pretty much 10 seconds or like minute <laughs> or first line. Sorry, I should say. I don't remember who said it, but I remember reading that some people have preferences for short stories because there's no time to waste. You don't have a novel to build out um, your premise and everything. You have to get to it almost right away. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do get that. I appreciate that about a short story. They start telling you what the story is pretty much immediately, right? Mm -hmm. Like. And I feel like I think short stories are probably one of the hardest things to write. <laughs> yeah, there is this impression that they're easy to write, but no. <laughs> because of that, trying to cram all of this detail into a short space is not easy. Mm -mm. So I'm also very impressed. Like I've heard of this concept of like interconnected short stories before. Mm -hmm. And I love it when it gets pulled off because it's so difficult to do. Never mind writing uh, just writing one, but then combining them or connecting them. That's such an amazing achievement. So I'm really it's, glad you brought that up too. And yeah, like, it's so good. It's, and it's because it's told from different perspectives, you kind of like see bits and pieces in other places in the book after, and you're kind of like, oh, that's why that happened. Or that's why this character was feeling like this. Yeah. Really great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all of, all of these are available on the overdrive app, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or Libby, if you're using your, your phone application, um, you can find especially the, the classic stuff is always available. So please check that out. If some of it is not available at the time of this, at the time of this listening, um, sorry about that. Maybe it got a little bit more popular than we intended. That's okay. Join the wait list. They're very quick for the most part. And um, yeah, please keep reading. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Jason Bazadin and Christina Wong work for the library. Music by Highs. Shelve Under Podcast is a Toronto Public Library production. It is produced by Wendy Banks, Jason Bazadian, Ted Belke, Michael Warner, and Christina Wong. With production assistance by George Panayotu.